Governor Wolf finally has a plan to reopen Pennsylvania and other states are opening up now. What does it mean? Tune into Tool Time to find out. I'm Tom Tool. She is Jess Lyon. We are still virtual. We're still non-essential, but we are not going to stop telling you what's going on here on Tool Time because there's a lot of developments, a lot to unpack this week, finally. So, Jess, I know we've been talking about this. I'm pretty stoked to finally see some movement here from a business standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from a service standpoint, because that's one of our core values. And we know how many people go to work when a, when a home sells. So this is really, really good news in some ways. Still more waiting. So here's what's going on, and, and then I'll let you kind of run with it here. Governor Tom Wolf came out yesterday after addressing the state on Monday. So this is pretty interesting. So now it comes back two days later, and Pennsylvania now has a plan. It's called a red, yellow, and green plan to open up the state based on threat level from the virus. Right now we are red. And the big change here, construction went from being started up on May 8th to now being started on May 1st. So what do you think about all this big turnaround in a couple days here? It's like this whole experience have, has been changing constantly and very quickly. Um, but this is leaving me very hopeful. And I know that they're saying um, May 8th and moving to May 1st. And I honestly think we are going to be back to normal, probably sooner normal, what will normal be, but we'll be back to work sooner than probably we all think. So I'm in a mind space of let's get ready. Let's get ready to serve. I know we've been doing everything we can up to this point, but I mean, we're over the hump now. We're on the trajectory down. So let's, um, I mean, let's get ready for business. That's what I have to say. Well, I love that. And this is, I love that attitude, number one. And I mean, Jess, this is the first time she's actually, I mean, we've talked about this, but like, that's awesome. That's why we work together. So much love on my end for that, because that's the right attitude to win. The, the issue I have with these um, announcements, and I, I've been like, become this political science nerd, like looking up, like, I mean, I, you know, I just like I pour myself into the real estate industry. This has been, how do we get open? How can we help people? How can we educate the public? Because I think that's the biggest question right now, right? So the, the, the interesting thing I see here is that that's a big move from uh, the governor who has been, hey, we got to wait. We're going to be really conservative. I mean, we've been one of the toughest states in the entire country. And now, two days later, it's being moved. And some interesting data I saw, it's on a website uh, from the University of Washington where they do a model per state of when you can expect things to be open. So on Saturday uh, of this past week, they were anticipating Pennsylvania will be fully open by June 1st, meaning no deaths, no new infections. So now, Thursday morning, because we're recording the show the day of, that day has moved up to May 28th. So obviously, they're seeing data there. The other interesting thing that's come up is the coroner uh, in, let me see here, in Lycoming County on uh, the, to this morning, this article came out this morning at 5.30, that the Lycoming coroner the Lycoming County coroner, say that five times fast, is accusing, <laughs> the, um, is accusing the state health department of Monday morning quarterbacking deaths in connection with the coronavirus. So his name is Charles Kiesling Jr. He's also the president of the PA State Coroners Association, voiced his opinion on Tuesday that if he had any information on the two COVID-19 deaths in the county as reported by the health department, 
uh, he was asked about this and he said, I was shocked learning that there were two deaths from the virus. So he has said in his capacity that the coroner on Facebook, there have been zero official deaths in the county. So that's a little concerning. It sounds yeah. like cooking the books from an accounting standpoint on the number of deaths. And this is coming from the coroner. This isn't coming from anywhere else. I mean, he's the guy, look, I wouldn't want that job. But I mean, that's, uh, he's the guy examining the deaths. And I think that that's part of the problem right now is that they're being overly conservative. And what do you think about this like construction thing getting moved up versus other industries? I mean, this to me is, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Obviously, we, we've been beating the drum about real estate being essential for weeks. Yeah. What do you think about that? I don't understand how construction where you're going to be on a site with multiple people close, probably within six feet of each other. I mean, real estate, you really need you and the client you're transacting with, and you don't have to be that close. So I don't know how that can be deemed essential, but we, and we cannot be, we who are finding people shelter, place to live, how we're not deemed essential yet. That doesn't make sense to me. But to touch upon what you said about um, the coroner and the inflated numbers, that, I mean, it makes me go down the path of thinking what else has either been inflated or numbers not 100% correct or things that were, you know, are being done to back up just someone's agenda. Like, was this over-exaggerated? Um, could this whole situation have been handled in a different way and maybe we have would not be seeing such as an impact on the economy on everybody's financial situation I think that that that's the path that that leads me down you know well and, and you know I mean there, there's you know what, what worries me about that is that yeah we want to be safe no one wants to get this obviously that, that, that that's really right. clear. I don't, I don't I don't disagree with that but when you're using data to manipulate what's going on I mean that's where I kind of question what the, what the intentions are here, especially when you're looking yeah. at what every other state is doing. I mean, look at New Jersey. Like they're right, they're right across the river. And New Jersey is in probably a, a, a tougher situation than we are. North Jersey, much different than South Jersey. Uh, you know, they're, they're deemed essential. They're able to work. They're able to do some things. Not that it's going to increase things a lot, but there's people out there that need to buy and sell. We said this before. Right. So that's where I got a problem with this. And it makes me feel like the PAR lawsuit uh, it, like the governor's taking it personally. Like, I, I just want to be really clear about that. I mean, there was legislation that was passed uh, through the House and Senate last week, Senate Bill 613, that got vetoed. You know, there's, you know, construction, it, there's going to be way more people there on a construction site than there will be on a showing. And I mean, like, you don't need the seller's agent there. You don't need the seller there. You need, let's say a family of five, right? Which is a pretty large family at that point. Yeah. That one agent, that's six people. That's six people, right? And maybe they take turns coming in. I mean, there's ways to do this where, like, the dad comes in first, the mom yeah. comes in second. Like, th there's ways to be safe. I'm not asking for us to go back to the office and start doing what we've been doing. There's a lot we can do remotely, and we've pivoted there. I'm talking about the actual function of getting people in the houses so they can buy them. So, you know, despite this red, yellow, green plan, still very unclear. I think we, we both That's agree clear. on that, right? Yeah. So... We need more information. We need to get some clarity on this. It's going to be a county by county opening, which is fine. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to see something specific. And I, I, I would love to be a journalist right now at those press conferences saying, hey, why are we one of five states that's not essential with real estate? Uh, they asked about barbers and, and salons, which I know a lot of people are like freaking out about how they look. Um, and, and So do you. 
Well, yeah, look, I'm, I, I cut my own hair. I mean, I was, you know, that, that bothers me that much. That's a mindset thing as much as anything else. Um, and it didn't turn out that great. But, uh, like, well, you can only see the front of it here. So, you know, they're, they're still not clear. And I'd like to see something a little more clear. So, uh, with that, let's move on to the next one. So, knowing that Pennsylvania has been unclear, it's been a moving target, we're seeing other states across the country get a lot more aggressive in opening up. Georgia, specifically, Florida, Tennessee, among others, are opening. And President Trump has come up with a bipartisan group to chart the course towards prosperity in the economy. So we're seeing more specific actions on other states and a national level. What do you think about all this, Jess? It brings me back to my point of what is essential in the situation. Does this really need to happen? What's being mm -hmm. exaggerated? Like why, it, like to your point even, why is the governor taking this so personally when so many other states are moving forward, opening their economies and getting business going again? Um, I think we should definitely follow in their footsteps. I don't think we need to be a situation like New York or New Jersey or anything like that, given the numbers that are clearly on that website that you showed us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it needs to happen sooner. And I, honestly, in my opinion, I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to open up a lot sooner than we think. I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, you don't see a movement from Monday, hey, we're May 8th, two days later, May 1st. Like that's a, that's a big change. And this has been a lot of like, hey, I don't know what's going on. It's fluid. We're going to be data-driven. Well, guess what? I'm seeing data, and I'm data-driven. You know how data-driven I am. And yeah. we look at everyone's like KPIs and like what's your conversion rate. We're seeing data right now from an independent university that's saying things are getting better. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you look at this, I mean, you know, we're, we're also in a different situation than these other states, too, and we can't ignore that. I mean, we, the, the Northeast definitely got hit with this a little harder than some of these other states, um, especially New York, especially Northern Jersey. So I don't want to minimize that. What I do want to say here is there's got to be a, a clearer plan. So, uh, for example, so Georgia's kind of gone like very extreme. They have gyms, bowling alleys, tattoo parlors, barber shops. They're going to be allowed to reopen tomorrow. They're back. They're back. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get a, I'd love to get a haircut and maybe a tattoo. Go down to Georgia. <laughs> yeah, kidding. Um, and uh, but and their and their shelter in place order is going to expire. Tennessee, their stay at home order expires April thirtieth. And Tennessee just had a major national natural disaster. I don't know a lot of people realize this. A tornado just ran through Chattanooga and destroyed half the town, so or half the city. So I mean, there's there's things people are dealing with there that are significant. South Carolina, same thing, um, as well as Texas, Florida. So we're seeing that, um, and and I do agree. There needs to be a little more transparency in the process. I mean, that's been the biggest complaint here. Go ahead. I I, I see you getting ready to say something. Yeah. Well, with this red, yellow, green. Plan. I just don't think it's it, it's clear enough. I mean, what can be open? What can't be open? When is it going to happen? I just think it, it needs to be a lot more um, comprehensive and there needs to be, I mean, it, they were saying that they're going to follow guidelines of there needs to be less than 50,000 cases per 100,000 uh, residents per day or something like that. I don't know. I think it. Yeah, that, that's what they said. But when you're inflating cases, I mean, like, what's the number yeah. like? So, I mean, you know, there's just there's not a lot of transparency. And that's been the complaint about this administration, because the waiver process, I mean, it was just it was just a, it was convoluted. You know, we got denied. Apparently, there's a realtor in South Philadelphia that got approved. Like, what's the difference between our operation and theirs? I don't get it. So uh, and, you know, that being said, I like the leadership here on the state level. It's also got to be a case by case basis. No question. More importantly, what, what, uh, what President Trump's doing, and 
this is probably the most political show we're doing because there's all there's political decisions being made. I love that he's putting together a bipartisan task force. There's 200 names on the list um, and includes industries like healthcare, sports, telecom, energy, defense, things that drive the economy. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, if you look at the people that are on there, you got Blackstone's Jonathan Gray. You got David Simon of the Simon Property Group. So you think about all like the mega malls across the country. Stephen Ross of uh, Vornado Realty Trust. Um, I, so, I mean, there's all these people that are you know, big names in real estate, not so much the CEOs of like real estate brokerages, but people that are players in the real estate market. And the beauty of this is Jonathan Gray, he donated to the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. So he's on the other side of the aisle. And that's what really needs to happen here. And I'm not getting political. I'm saying everyone's got to get their you know what together, get their shit together, put all this aside. We've got to get the country back on track and get the economy rolling again, because there's a lot of people that are out of work right now. There's a lot of people that are stressed out. They're not going to get their jobs back because of this. And so, the, you know, the fact that they have 200 people on that list from both sides, that to me is it, that that's the kind of move that leaders make. Um, I mean, you look at banking and they've got people from Bank of America, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Morgan Stanley. Um, you have people went from Lockheed Martin, Lockheed Martin, Exxon Mobil, Chevron. I mean, these are major players in the space. McDonald's, even though you probably shouldn't eat that. Subway, Chick-fil-A, love that one. Um, Starbucks, uh, people from all sorts of healthcare networks, you know, Pfizer, Biogen, Cigna, hospitality in terms of major hotels. Um, so you got like Hyatt and Hilton, manufacturing. I mean, the list goes on, as well as retail, tech, all sorts of stuff. And, and it, if you Google it, there's a great list of who's out there. So that's the kind of leadership I'd like to see for the state. And that's the kind of leadership you need on a national level. 100%. It's a plan. It gives us direction, clear direction. Um, it shows that there's effort being made. So I, I really do love it. Well, it's transparent. They put the list up online. It wasn't, hey, I got these 36,000 waivers, and we're not going to tell you why some got denied, why some haven't been touched yet, and why some got approved. That's transparency as a leader, no matter what you're doing. Transparency as a leader is an important quality. So I appreciate that. I'm glad to see people are taking steps there. Hopefully we'll see more of that. We'll be talking about this, I'm sure, again next week. Yes, we will. (laughs) We got uh, some motivation here to wrap it up. Another thing that's timely that comes from someone that I admire, uh, Damon John, so CEO of FUBU, for us, by us. So if you don't know the story behind Damon John, you want to, like, Google him. Isn't he on Shark Tank? He's on Shark Tank. Yeah. You know, and, and now he's an investor. Now he's an entrepreneur. It's a little different. What yeah. he did to start FUBU was crazy to me. I mean, the company started and stopped, like, eight different times. And there's a, there's a really great podcast on uh, how I built this with him that tells it. It's about 45 minutes long. It's an NPR podcast. Highly recommend it. Here's what he said, and this is so applicable right now. Don't wait for the perfect time. You'll wait forever. Always take advantage of the time that you're given and make it perfect. What do you think about all this? You can say you're going to put something off and put something off until tomorrow, but at right now is the only time you have because there's all uncertainty in tomorrow. So take what you have today, what plan you have in your head, what you need to do and execute. Even if it's the smallest bit, you're going to make progress and it's going to be more than you had done yesterday. That's what I hear with this. When I, and also hearing this quote, it's like, don't wait until this is over to begin your business again because you're going to be so far behind. 
luckily we've had our team and you giving us such great direction and guiding us to who we need to call, who we need to contact, how we need to do it in a way that's going to connect with people and make them feel like we're really there for them, which we are. So um, that's what I think. Like, don't hold off on starting your business or continuing your business till this is over. Do it now while this is all happening. So you're very kind. Thank you. And and I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, this is like an in the moment sort of quote. I mean, it, 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 it's applicable no matter what. All this stuff is. More importantly now, I mean, you can't take three weeks and then realize, hey, it's been like, we're, we're in week not seven. <laughs> week seven. This has not been a vacation. This has been really hard on a lot of people. Yeah. Whether it's you got kids, you're dealing with a spouse that's in harm's way. I mean, there's a lot of emotions going on. Plus, you're stuck in your house, and that's just not healthy to be in one place confined like this all the time. And this is so in the moment right now because you can either be the person that lets the market control you, just say, oh, well, nothing's happening, so I'm not working, kick my feet up, maybe go check emails once a day. Guess what? That's the person that's going to be out of the business, and that's okay. That's the person that's going to be out of the business. You've got to take the time you have in front of you now every day. Hey, guess what? I don't have appointments today. I'm going to make more phone calls. I'm going to get my business in line. I'm going to shoot a video that goes out as soon as we open back up so that we can tell our folks, hey, we're back in business, we're ready to go, and then I'm going to send them that video, and then I'm going to call them right afterwards because it's that important. So if you're not taking the time you have right now, and the end is in sight here. I mean, we are over the hump. You're absolutely right. Okay. If you're not taking this time now, you're going to be like that person that shows up in the gym, fat AF on January 1st, and says, oh, now's my time to go do something. And then you're going to quit by February 17th and you're going to be done for the year. And that's going to be you when it comes to your business. And this, I'm talking all the realtors watching or anyone that's watching that's in business for their home, for themselves. I mean, you know, this is an entrepreneurial quote. Damon John has done it. He's proved it. He knows what he's talking about. Follow his advice. Success leaves clues. Great quote. Love it. That's all we got this week. <laughs> Get you guys soon. Take care.